Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your MO? To find your MO, tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. This is match reaction for Everton 2, Brighton 3. Everton, 2022, first game. And we are still in deep, deep trouble. We are a bit later than usual. Couldn't quite get back into the town today. Uh, a bit later than usual, but... Um, so maybe not quite as angry as we might have been coming straight out the ground, but I'm joined by Matt Flusk, who thinks ready to go, to be fair, and Mark Mosey as well. Um, Matt, comes to you first. Where do you even start with that, mate? Um, everyone excited to get back in Goodison. Dominic's back. Thought it was going to be potentially a good day, and I think after 16, 17 days away, you sort of forget how bad Everton were, but those first 20 minutes, it was a bit of a slap in the face. Like, these lads, these, these players, and this manager are all still here. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even see the first goal I was in my seat but I was still eating my burger so I looked up and there wasn't even much of a reaction from the crowd just went, ah, it was kind of the noise of like misplacing a pass which kind of I think speaks to the apathy right now I mean inside three minutes all the potential goodwill of nearly a month away from Goodison is just gone isn't it and I think 3-2 flattered us overall and I've heard some people say that we've had a good money for a, a good value for a draw towards the end, but I just no. I, I thought it flattered us. I thought if it weren't for Tony Gordon, it could have been much much uglier. But he picked them back, and it's just it's just more the same, isn't it? It's just this slow crawl until the day that that complete head case fraud just laughing at us piece of tatty cheap fabric finally gets the boot. What, what, what do you reckon the threshold is for getting a game postponed for not having enough good players? <laughs> we are we are surely at the point where we need to be uh, shouting null and void from the top of the top balcony. But yeah, as, as Matt said, you know, we've sat here after countless games now at Goodison Park and said, regardless of your feelings at the start of Rafael Benitez's tenure and regardless of your feelings after the latest disappointing 90 minutes this is just never ever going to work ever because before you even take any emotional context into how Evertonians feel about Rafael Benitez every single thing that he does from a personnel point of view from a tactical point of view 
it just leaves you scratching your head in your seat as you comically won the way of it in a 2-0 down against one of the Premier League's poorest sides and it, it's hard to see what really changes his his entire campaign here um, it, it, we talk about changes the, the game today was absolutely screaming out for Everton to do something different because a 2-0 down and I appreciate we got it back to 2-1 but at that stage in the game on what was that 55 just before the hour mark that goal uh, the hour mark Brighton themselves making the change everything was gifting Rafael Benitez the opportunity to abandon this bizarre five at the back which has ironically never ever worked for Everton but in particular will never work when you try and shoehorn a player who everyone has collectively agreed should not be playing for your first 11 anymore into a totally different position. Um, part of me feels sorry for Seamus Coleman today because, God, we, we've been having sympathy for that man for playing him in his own position for two years. So moving him to a totally different position and asking him to do a job was just was comical. Can you play this position, Seamus, where you played? Uh, 13 years ago against Benfica and got absolutely <laughs> left everywhere <laughs> which, which also went well um, but the, the, the summary of this is is that Everton are on this this continual quest to get to the absolute lowest point before they act and that the problem now on an afternoon where in any other situation your manager would probably be sacked is that three weeks ago the owner and everyone at the upper levels of the hierarchy of the football club decided that Rafael Benitez publicly was going to be the man who was in charge of the entire show and now it, it will take so much more to break the threshold of sacking a manager because they've made that stance and because Marcel Brands has left and because numerous members of the backroom staff have left we've given the reins of this entire football team to a man who simply should never have been here in the first place and it's it's pointless breaking down every 45 every 90 minutes of actual football because to go back to the earlier point it's just this is never going to work you, you can't look at that 90 minutes and buy into anything be it one particular member of the team the tactics the general tra- trajectory of the football team the how many of us came out of that ground today and instantly got your phone out to see how Leeds got on? I mean, that, that's the summary of where Everton are at the moment. And quite frankly, we've all just said it collectively now, this season is all about damage limitation, obviously not getting relegated out of the whole entire league, and can we take something into next season? But none of us want to do that with the manager who's in charge. And based on what we've read in the media, none of the players want to do that either. Yeah, I mean, it's... There's, there's so much to get into in the game you know it's, it's, it's free to obviously there's a lot of talking points a lot of near misses for both sides but I mean the main issue Matt for me is that the manager sets them up and like I said you know ev- everyone was de- you know, keen to get back on the ground today it was full I think a lot of people have a Christmas fort but we're not going to be at Goodison Park for a long time um, the way to the way to harness that energy and the way to harness your, your best striker being back is to play a, a bit more attacking to get on the front foot to get at a team that are, are, are decent you know they're up into eight they've had, a, they've had quite a good campaign but as we saw numerous times they are very vulnerable defensively uh, and instead we stood off them and let, and let them have it and you know the word gets thrown around about defensive managers about them being pragmatic the most pragmatic thing to do for Everton today was to get on the front foot because that was the, been the best chance of us winning the game and instead we stood off 
we left Brighton at the ball and we absolutely bossed the proceedings for the, the first 20 minutes and I'm, I'm, you know you can talk about the Dominic Carvalhoon penalty you can talk about the changes that should have come and didn't come later on but those first 20 minutes where Everton lost the game today because it all turned on that yeah um, yeah you said it all there we just gave ourselves too big a hill to climb and didn't really help ourselves with the penalty miss but I mean you, you might look in hindsight and say Cavalou maybe shouldn't have taken it because he's rusty but you'd want your number nine to be taking a penalty and he'll feel as bad about that as any player on the pitch today because it might have changed the context of the game I know you Moji think it would have I think it might have given it a different context but maybe with the same results but yeah we just gave ourselves far far too much to do and the defensive frailties were there once again without Jared Branthwaite which I can't believe we even have to say that the fact that some you know 13 year old kid not being on the pitch means that we are back to being one of the most vulnerable and easy to pick off sides in the league especially from set pieces and yeah it's just for a team to concede three to Brighton with five at the back and it wasn't even like it was three at the back win backs it was a pretty flat back five for most of the game it was 5-4-1 at the time yeah uh, pretty much and um, it's just it was, so it was 20, 20 minutes of Brighton themselves going to a five at the back before we actually realised that they're not actually that interested in scoring another goal yeah. and then somehow allowed them to score another yeah. goal I mean, every tactical change that we seem to make was in response yes. much much yeah. later to theirs yeah. I mean the moment that summed up the game for me was on 70 minutes They'd held the lead since the third minute and they were making their third substitution. We'd only made one. Yeah. And that was to bring on Big Sally Rondo. So yeah. <laughs> we've, we've had some pretty questionable managers and some some really dicey moments in recent years. And I think every manager we've had is at that point where you think this is this is really troubling. I think any one of them, I'm, I'm thinking of Kuman, Silva, Martinez, any one of them realises at particular moments in that game today that the incentive is being literally handed to you by the opposition throw your second striker on you none of us wanted to be Solomon Rondon but get get the extra man in midfield which is just the most painfully obvious tactical change that has existed at Everton for especially, so long especially when that man is Gomez who came on against Arsenal in the last home game and, and changed the game in a positive way Debatably, you're looking at him and thinking, why aren't you starting the game today? And the fact that it's taken, what, 85 minutes for him yeah, to get on the pitch? It. The stewards were out in the front of the Gladys Street before he was even taking his tracky top off. It was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, the thing that you said, Matt, at the start of talking was that, I mean, collectively as Evertonians coming to Goodison Park at this moment, what, what do we actually want? And I think we, we'd all unify and just... We're not at that stage in, in the development of the football team where we can say, you know what, we want to push on, we want to qualify for Europe, we want progressive gains on the pitch every single week. We just want to enjoy it. We just want to have a team where we don't absolutely fucking despise everything about them from the kit man right up to Farhap and Shiri and I'm, I'm, and Jimmy Martin, I'm sorry fair. Jimmy but <laughs> you're, you're all in the same boat at the moment but with what I mean we've mentioned Bramley Moore and moving on and the terrifying albeit totally unrealistic prospect of Rafael Benitez being the man to take us in there which 
Fatima Shiri seems intent on doing. We've got less than 50 football matches in that stadium left. And every time I go there and every time I walk out of it, I just despise everything about my day and think, well, what is the point? And it, it, we, we can't be in a situation where it's like that. I don't care if Everton don't win anything for the next four years because I've just lived 27 of them as, as a season ticket holder. Like, if, if that's not the end goal of, of Rafael Benitez, then so be it. But if it meant that I could walk away from that stadium at least having some level of affinity for the thing that we are all so deeply involved in I think I'd, I'd feel a lot more I, I feel a lot less as, as Matt said the, the word that surrounds this football team and its fans is apathy we, we all absolutely hate them we despise them we hate every single lineup that comes out we hate every formation and in particular we hate the manager that's there and un, until that until that one particular thing changes we're all going to collectively have the same opinion about it and Joe. You know, Obviously, we want to be a successful team. We want to win things, but we need to get back to the, the basics of certainly as a fan talking. No, the, the, the players and the manager don't give a shit about this, but from from a match day point of view, we we need to in some way connect again with this football team, and it, it, it's never going to happen with an ex Liverpool manager who is largely irrelevant so in the game. He's not very good anymore either. We all knew. It was I mean, a running joke. Not, none of us, I think none of us here, I speak for us all, dislike Rafael Benitez solely because he once managed Liverpool. It, don't get me wrong, it doesn't help, but he, he was clearly not the man to come in. And we, We've been to lower lows than this. I, I, I'm struggling to think of too many of them, but... It, we shouldn't be constantly striving to that point of absolute bottom of the shit hit before we realise that change is necessary but for all the reasons I said before Farhad Mashiri has made his, his awful bed and Everton at the moment is a lion in it yeah uh, let's try to a positive for a second <laughs> no no, 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 no. But, People don't like us being positive on these No, shows. but you said something there. You said, what do Everton fans actually want to see on that pitch? And we actually saw it today on that pitch. And that was big gangly wearing basketball shorts, Tony Gordon. He got what I might call like a park end, a hat-trick, which was two goals and a scrap. That's what we want to see. Like, he was, he was brilliant today. Like, that's... That's one of the best individual performances I've seen in a win, loss, draw, whatever, from a player for a long time. And he was, he was dragging us. If it wasn't for him, it, it would have been a lot uglier than it was. Dominic Calvert-Lewin did his best um, after being so rusty. And Damari Gray had a good go as well. But Tony Gordon was just all over. There's been loads of times where we've watched him and the Brentford game comes to mind in particular as one where he got on the ball a lot. But the connection with Luca Dean wasn't there. There never really seemed to be any end product. And it was hard to really put a finger on what his purpose in the team was. And yeah, he obviously got two goals today. But even if you take that away, every time he got on the ball, he squared up to his fullback and thought, we're going to take him on. He linked up well with whatever fullback it was, be it John Joe Kenny on the right or, wait for it, Seamus Coleman on the left. Um, but the, the, there was a definitive point about him being on the pitch today. And I think, you know, he himself would say that he wants to impact the goal as much as possible and he, he obviously did that but we, I mean we referenced a couple of games and a couple of players as we came out the ground of, of times where one individual has solely carried us through games I mean it, it's nice when that happens and we, we champion the player for doing that but 
it's a, a lacklustre Brighton and Hove Albion side coming to Goodison it, it should never really come to that we shouldn't be looking for one individual to, to drag us through and try as he might today I think that the rest of the team totally let him down sorry Mark the, the one that I said to you guys was Lukaku against Stoke in 2015 I think that was yeah. um, that had a very similar feel to this team where it's like maybe, maybe maybe this is a bit further along but at that point it was like this it's not really working with this manager why are we kicking the can down the road a little bit here you know there's clearly massive flaws in the side but no, it, it, I just felt really sorry for Gordon today like you know yeah, yeah. E- even the goal he scored the, the first one you know, it, was, it was a deflection so you're a bit like do I celebrate that or not do, you know, do, do give it the big one and he gets the second one to get us back in it but there's never really any sense that we're going to go on and get a third or, or go on and uh, you know really put any pressure on Brighton but so, sorry Mac on no no I was, I was gonna, that, that's the game is that the one where Shaqiri like turn us into sausages yeah think Think Tim Howard didn't leave from about. Scored yeah. the weirdest goal. <laughs> no one, no one knew it ever got in. Did he? Yeah. yeah, you know, like I know you're saying, like we don't want to be having this chat about players, you know, dragging a team of eleven nobodies across the line to a three-two defeat. But we haven't had a player like that at all for too long, and a couple of years on him. I mean, saw glimpses today. How many times have we cried down the years? We thought Ross Barkley might be here for a while. You know, before we realise that his, back again in a few weeks. his brain's made a candy floss. <laughs> but like, we want that player who can grab a game by the scruff of the neck and say, "No, you know what? I'm not going to wait for this good link up. I'm not going to wait for other people to yeah, do overlaps. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to do it myself." Yeah. And Gordon looked like the beginnings, the green shoots of that player today. And fair play to him for having the initiative to to do that. Because as you say, Matt, we've we've seen so many Everton players in recent years who yes being talented they, they'd look around and think well I haven't really got the tools that I need to, to get the absolute perfect version of my game on the pitch here and totally throw it away and we, we saw Ross Barkley do that obviously but I think that for, I mean if we're going to go into personnel I, I, I don't necessarily like the reaction that the, the Solomon Rondon change brought about no, today no. Um, that was out of order it was uh, and it, it's not helpful in any way but I mean, I sit in the park end, so it was massively amplified compared to what you guys will have witnessed. Well, but well, this, this is the whole point, isn't it, what Benny says? Yeah. You know, when you've got someone like him in charge and the things aren't going well, every little thing that he does is going to be... Yeah, it, it becomes a massive thing all of a sudden. And, and this is where we can sit here and say, it's not about his past and whatever. We can sit here and say, it's mainly because he's a bad manager. But when you've got the connection he has and when you, when you are as he is and when you set the team up as he does then you've got to get everything spot on because all of a sudden it's like well, what, what is this all about you can point to so many things saying this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong and when you make changes like that all of a sudden it's like well everyone sees the negative and everything then don't they yeah. with them and you either you either change the mindset and the attitudes of 40,000 angry people or you just bite the bullet and sack the manager that in reality we all know is not meant to be there and as you, as you say everything is amplified and it, you know what each individual change and each individual match is probably not quite as bad believe it or not as what we talk about it here but that is not the point it, 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 if, if you've if you've created that perception then it's your job to then fix it and the only way of doing that is to be successful and win football matches and if he's not doing that if someone else shows me a picture of that form guide which is what 
we've got six points from the last 13 years or something ridiculous so whatever the run of form is at the moment it, it's almost gone a little bit full circle to the point whereby the only reason we're not sacking this manager on sports and pedigree and the run of form is because of the narrative and we're trying to avoid the fact that oh yeah if ever can get rid of him then it's solely because of all the history and all of the all of the chatter outside of the actual football which by the way is absolutely terrible and honestly if, if any other manager other than Carlo Ancelotti in the last 10 years at Everton had that run of form then he'd be volleyed out the door tonight um, and we say we're looking at the fixture we're, we're, we're into Walker territory now aren't we we're, we're honestly looking at the fixture list now thinking surely if we get beat there we can't go on surely if we go into Hull surely if Leicester come and spank us here and with every crippling defeat at home to terrible football teams, you just think the guy is bulletproof, and a, a lot, a lot of that shielding that is around him has not been put up by him, but it's been put up by our owner, who has put so much credibility and so much faith in a project for the Everton word to fit in that is clearly not going to work. And there's no, the only point of change now is if Everton go and win four games in the next seven or some form of runner form that you can really dig your fingers into and think this is what Rafael Benitez's Everton team look like if, if you think that's possible and if Farhad Mashiri thinks that's possible then he's got far more faith in, in Everton and far more faith in Rafael Benitez than I have yeah I just want to backtrack slightly because you, you went off on a bit of a thing there fucking don't be positive here yeah. no 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 this is the opposite of positive I'm glad you brought up the Rondon substitution because yeah. obviously I wasn't made up with it but I think we need to call it out because yeah. people can say oh they were booing the change not the player but no no they clapped John Joe Kenny going off and then when Rondon ran to the pitch then they booed they didn't boo when the board came up yes it, it, honestly, it booed, to anyone, it booed the man himself coming yeah, on. Yeah, it booed yeah. the man himself. He's, like, he's symbolic, but he I don't care. He's a human being, and he's an Everton player. Like we're much, we are much better than that. I'd like to think. Yeah, for, for the fan base that have seen Umar Nias come on this pitch and rescue us in games, we should know better. I've seen Umar Nias come onto the pitch to a standing ovation. It's unveiling. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, do you remember that time when Ronald Koeman was basically constructively dismissing him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, one of the most shameful episodes in our history, and it doesn't get talked about enough. When he actually got brought on, he was getting like, similar to Luca Dima on the touchline today. Yeah. He got support from the crowd, and I'm just not comfortable at all with Rondon getting this flack, this like sort of being a human shield for Benitez. Yeah. But I, he didn't I, ask for this I want our fans to be different I want the atmosphere in the stadium we go back to the enjoyment factor I want all of that to change but not to use him as a scapegoat for things that have been historical problems but it will never happen with him will it? it will never happen with Rafael Benitez and in particular it, it wouldn't happen with him solely on his own but if, if you've then got someone like Solomon Rondon who is the personification of his failing career in the last... 10 years that, that, that guy is obviously going to be made the scapegoat and as you said it's, it's not right but it will happen I mean, you're right he is the embodiment of Benitez basically in the fact of where he actually signed from yes like yeah. you know they both we thought they were out of pasture and then all of a sudden they've been brought back and Matt will back me up on this from the moment he signed I was against it I said it's a waste of time 
it's a complete waste of time. He'll make about six starts. He might score two goals. People will make excuses for him holding the ball up. And then when he goes in the summer, he'll be like, well, that was a waste of time, wasn't it? But still, I will never, ever, ever condone booing a player coming onto the pitch wearing the Everton shirt. It's just not fair. <laughs> Welcome, Sean Monster. <laughs> It's one of them. It's just not right. It's, it's not right. Today, though, isn't it? Like I was sat there thinking, whoever he brings off here, he's still yes. going to get booed. Like there's, there's, yeah. there's still going to be grief. For... So was it Alan at that point? No, it was John Joe Kenny came off. Yeah. Who just set up the goal? And that's that's what I was. I was sort of like, why did you bring him off? He just set up the goal. Whereas John Joe Kenny was pretty awful for the first half. Yeah. But, but that, that's. I, I think it was positionally it was the right change. I thought Kenny had to come off. And I thought Holgate had to come off and he should have brought on um, Dean and Gomez. I, I've not felt, to Matt's point, I've not felt tension like that in a long time. And yes, the goal softened it for one of the changes, but it's, it's at that Moyes point where you remember it for about six or seven home games in a row. Every time Moyes brought a substitution to the edge of the technical area and the fourth official brought the board out, you thought going to get really fucking angry in here now because at, at every point he feels like he's capable of plucking out the worst possible decision and uh, honestly I'm, I'm just surprised that at the point of Andre Gomez coming on today he wasn't hooking Damari Gray because honestly you, you always think with Benitez that he's, he's capable of it, it almost feels as though he's purposely trying to wind everyone up at times doesn't it and, I, I just it, it's hard I know that we, we consistently buy into this thing whereby when, when footballers are back and they're back from injuries and, and back from Covid or whatever it may be that everything will be different and the Everton board are buying into the hope that we have some form of miraculous you know end of season Marco Silva run where we get six or seven home games in a row but it's very very difficult to imagine that ever materialising at the moment because I know we've got a lot of games and we've got games in hand and we're going to have an incredibly tight run of fixtures but we do not look like a football team who needs the next game at the moment by a long stretch uh, Just a couple of points to finish off um, Luca Dean on the bench today uh, came out to warm up Matt, I mean he was on the bench in my opinion he should probably be in the squad be available to play Seamus Coleman played left wing Matt today he should have played ahead of him I mean what was that all about? I mean, it, it, is it the manager making a point? Yes. Is it, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, it is. And we had at least two, maybe three corners where Gordon has put it out for a goal kick before it's come in. And we had a free kick in front of the Gladys on the right side of the goal as you look, on the left side of the goal as you look at the goal, right underneath me. And that was a perfect ball for uh, Luca Dean to put in and someone to have a chance to end it in as it was we had Gordon and uh, Damari Gray doubling up both right footers and that game was screaming for a natural left footer to whip a ball in the whole game and he's just he's kept them on the benches to prove a point to Dean to us fans to everyone and I, I hope I hope his nose got put out of joint when Dean came out to warm up and he got that ovation because it's just I know obviously we unveiled the signer before kickoff and everything like that and his replacement is basically in the door but the whole episode it just it strikes me as fundamentally juvenile it really does like this is not the kind of thing that a manager with his experience should be doing it's the kind of thing that a manager does when they're just starting out and they're trying to you know assert their authority with unruly players who were like four years younger than them it's just it's unbecoming Prayers for Mikalenko sitting in the main stand <laughs> watching that. Get me back to Kiev. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, his 
we, we'll never know, will we? We'll never know what goes on in the conversations that go on at Finch Farm and, you know, who's in the right, who's refusing to play, who's being exiled. But if, if his future is not going to be at Everton, which it clearly isn't if Seamus Coleman's playing ahead of him at left wing back, then why is he even in the stadium? What is the point in that? Um, and as, as Matt said, it's, it's very hard. And I think most of the time, in terms of managers going out actively to prove points, it, it, it's not always like that. But it, it's very hard to, to see anything else, really, isn't it? And as you both said, at, at the point where he comes out and warms up, as as nice as it is for Luca Dean to experience that, and as, as ridiculous as it makes Rafael Benitez seem, it's arguably as unhelpful as booing a player coming onto the pitch because it's just he, another way for fans to say we yeah. like we don't like you yeah. as, as a manager as well. yeah. and he, uh, and he so, feeds off it. Talking about a football team who sets himself up for failure, he's done that in one swoop, in, even including Luca Dean in the squad. Just totally pointless. Um, but that, that totally pointless is probably the the finger that you appoint at most of the Everton squad for the last. <laughs> few years gone by um, really really questionable decision as is not to go back to it but for, for different reasons bringing Solomon Rondon on because as much faith as that guy might have in that footballer what are we going to learn what, what are we going to learn from Solomon Rondon and I, do you know what I'd stand by this point if he got the equaliser today because bringing someone like Sims or Dobbin or another midfielder or just something where we could look at one of the younger players and think well at least have come away from this knowing hopefully positive things about him but potentially negatives as well and I think well do you know what that, that's that's another game in Ellis Sims career where I think mm, maybe not right and we've still lost the game and we'd be equally disappointed but at least we'd have some form of purpose about the, t- the players that we were putting on the pitch and as I say Solomon Rondon it, he'll probably score goals for Everton there will probably be times where you think thankfully for that and then you look at each other and think that's not going to happen but God forbid there is a day where he scores it will still remain pointless because he is not the future he's not the present at this football team and it, it, it will, will be forever be the stain on that entire transfer that it, 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 it will forever hold back the young players in this squad and we, we are eternally capable of doing that of getting young players to the brink of wanting to knock on the door of getting into this side and then bringing some absolute dustbin in to come and take their place just totally pointless um, in a week as well where I think there's been talk about Dobbin wanting more minutes to sign his contract and he's, he's not played um, <laughs> The, la- the last thing I want to speak about, because I think this is hilarious, um, Michael Keane's pass out to Ben Godfrey, a left-back. I think, I-, I, can't- I can't remember a time being in Goodison where, apart from a-, a goal by the opposition, where more people have got up and gone. <laughs> At that point, it was just like, it was the final straw for so many people, wasn't it? I think he actually pulled his shirt over his face <laughs> in the hope that it would in some weird magical way erase the last 10 seconds but when he nearly did it again talk about the moments of tension where we make substitutions or god those moments where every single muscle in your body just tightens up Ben Godfrey did him a massive favour by keeping that in but to then pass the ball back inside to Keane who attempted a 45 yard diagonal ball to Seamus Coleman on the right hand side I mean the bravery of that pass was second to none but yeah I mean not, not to delve into the characteristics of every single individual, but he is another one of those players, isn't he, whereby 
when he when he feels that energy that we've spoken about at Goodison Park, he totally crumbles, and you can almost see all of the muscles in his right leg just relaxing and flopping as he went to kick the ball out to Ben Godfrey because it was just the most Alan Stubbs moment since the guy actually <laughs> left the football club. But yeah, just. I wouldn't pick in, in too much defensively into any one individual because I think you could probably look at all five of them to a man almost and, and pick out negatives in the game today but five at the back will, will forever be a, a very debatable topic at Everton for me but if, if three of those five oh sorry if four of those five are going to be John Joe Kenny an out of position Seamus Coleman Michael Keane and Mason Holgate you know what Ben Godfrey was crap today as well and and was comfortably the best of the five I thought he drove us forward a couple of times which was helpful my only hope of the the day is that Newcastle were watching Mason Holgate (laughs) because we might have something to buy into in terms of shipping him out for some actual money but I think he's homegrown (laughs) I'm out on that We'll leave it there. Um, that is it from us today on the Blue Room. Um, uh, it's, it's all going on in here. Everyone's getting off. Uh, but yeah, uh, that is it. Everton 2, Brighton 3. We've got another game at some point. Is it Hull next? Hull? Hull, Hull oh, God. Uh, on BBC for the embarrassment. Maybe <gasps> <laughs> oh, yeah. like Graham Morton commentating. Yeah. <laughs> like Eurovision. Um, hopefully brought some levity to you hopefully there's enough anger there as well but uh, bad starts of the year things can only get better for the Blues here's hoping they do Progressive Insurance protects people's cars homes and other vehicles but if you've ever seen our commercials or even just heard our name you probably already knew that what you may not know is that we support Humble Design a non-profit that furnishes homes for families and veterans emerging from homelessness because a little help goes a long way and a lot of help well you get the idea Now, if you already knew all of this about Progressive Insurance, we're impressed. We'll have to find something else cool to tell you next time. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Sports Social Podcast Network.